So what are we doing right now, Remy? We're in the car going out and we have two hours and 28 minutes Two hours and 28 minutes left. It's a road trip, right? It's nice to go on long car trips again, right? The wheels on the bus. No? Don't sing? Shauna, is that bringing back some fond family travel memories for you? No, my PTSD has blocked it all out. I don't remember a thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I went on a road trip recently to the beach. We had fun. Getting there wasn't so much fun. (laughs) Road trips with family have their ups and downs, but I am more than certain that your kids will remember that trip fondly. (laughs) Let's hope so. We put a lot of work into it. (laughs) If they don't, how dare they? (laughs) But I'm curious. There's been so much movement recently in the travel tech space with all these innovations coming out of COVID. How did tech and mobile tech specifically factor into your family vacation? Or did you find moments where you were just leaving it all behind? No, not definitely no leaving anything behind because this is our first road trip. Actually, it's a family of four since I had my my youngest child right at the start of COVID. I love road trips. America's favorite pastime. So for me, this is like an example of, wow, uh, things have really changed. I mean, from the way I booked my hotel to get to the beach, the way that I booked a rental car, from the way that I booked even how to get into my my lodging uh, with a touchless app kind of version of opening doors and stuff. I mean, everything was done straight from my phone. There's no doubt about it. Travel and mobile technology are married together. We've seen it for ourselves after our recent trips. So I think it's time to talk about it. So in case you hadn't figured it out by now, you're listening to Mobile Diaries, brought to you by T-Mobile Stories. I'm Jason Adams. And I'm Shauna Ryan. And there is no doubt since the pandemic, a lot has changed in the world of travel. And much of it is here to stay, I think. Digital tech is no longer just an option when you travel. It is basically a necessity. I mean, everything for travel is end to end. Technology is so important to travel now that we've dubbed today's mobile archetype character the connected traveler. But then again, for some folks, it can be daunting trying to navigate all these new innovative products, processes, services, apps, on and on. So that's what we're going to get into today. Mitra Sorrells is our guest today. She's definitely someone that fits the description of this connected traveler we've been talking about. She's the editor-in-chief at Focus Wire. It's a comprehensive daily news companion for the industry. It's powered by Focusrite, which is a really well-respected travel research authority and events brand. Mitra's here to talk about travel and how to use technology to make your travel experiences better. Mitra, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a very timely topic, and I feel like you're someone that has a lot of information about this and probably has been following it for quite a while now. It is, you know, and now with the summer here and everybody, it seems, trying to get out and about, there's just been a lot happening. I'm just wondering, from your purview as the editor-in-chief at Focus Wire, what kind of insights are you seeing into how people are traveling, but also how they're using tech in order to help them get around? So just to help us have some sense of what we're talking about, back in 2019, if we can all remember that, back (laughs) pre-pandemic. What? Yeah. (laughs) The the U.S. travel market, which would be considered both online and offline travel bookings, was valued at about $409 billion with a B dollars. Okay. 2020 then, of course, when all this chaos kind of began, dropped to $163 billion. 
massively down. Now it has been coming back. The estimation is that for 2022, right now, we should finish the year at about $366 billion. So a dramatic rebound there. And then it's projected to keep growing, uh, $406 billion next year and up to $461.7 billion in 2025. Do you see then the fundamental change in how people are using technology in order to travel even in this very short amount of time. Yes, absolutely. There has been this increased adoption of self-service, you know? I mean, think about everything for people ordering food and getting Amazon and just anything. People have gotten more comfortable with doing things online and in particular doing things on their phone. Certainly the travel brands, you know, the, the hotel brands, the airlines, the online travel agencies, all of those different entities in the travel world recognize that they need to be on mobile, that they need to be providing a, a great user experience. And, and it creates a lot of opportunities when they know that everybody's got that phone in their pocket, everybody's connected all the time, and what opportunities can that create for them to then engage with travelers? So there was a huge spike in bookings on mobile in 2021. And that is expected to level off a little bit, but still certainly stay above the pre-pandemic levels. Part of the reason we have this whole podcast is that people were kind of thrust into this like mobile first all the time lifestyle. Even if you were using your mobile technology a lot in the beginning before the pandemic, you're using it at a much more accelerated rate than ever before. So there's got to be a learning curve here. And I'm assuming that's what this leveling off is as well, is that some things aren't perfectly catering to what everyone actually needs. You know, honestly, I think some of that leveling off is actually more attributable to the fact that international travel is back reopened. If you're planning this two-week safari in Africa, let's say, with multiple locations and, you know, tour guides, or you're going to Europe, the more complex the trip, you're maybe a little bit less likely to want to do it on your phone. And, you know, it's interesting because for a long time, there's sort of been a mindset maybe a certain faction, let's say, in the travel industry that has always felt, particularly for the hotel sector, oh, you know, there has to be that human touch. Hospitality is all about that human touch. But then on the flip side of that, you have those saying, okay, look what's happened with companies like Airbnb and Verbo and some of these other ones where people are clearly more than happy to DIY things. Not only have we been talking on our podcast with people who are traveling all over the place, you know, not just for vacation. We did a whole episode about digital nomads in the over 55 category and that kind of, that lifestyle. But then Jason and I also had an experience recently for some work travel, right? Yeah, it was definitely an interesting, eye-opening moment of what it's like to get back to life and traveling. I mean, truth be told, Sean and I have worked together for two years and we've seen each other fewer than fingers I have on one hand. Um, but we were both out in the Seattle area at our headquarters for T-Mobile for a work offsite for our team. And I was noticing the way that I was using and relying on my mobile device. I was going to New Orleans and my alarm is on my phone, got out of bed. I ordered, you know, a, a ride share. In the back of the ride share, I remembered that I am pretty bad at planning things and had not booked a hotel yet in New Orleans. Before I got to the airport, I had a hotel to check into. Then I downloaded my boarding pass and I found a safe spot to check in and send you a voice message. Doors closing. Please stand clear. 
Hey Sean, it's Jason. Um, I somehow made it to the airport on time. Uh, I think waking up with a full charge and being able to get a car and uh, get a last minute hotel while in the car on the way to the airport and then all pretty easily. Uh, Thank goodness for TSA Pre, um, or I don't think I would have made this flight. I also know that you have an early start to your day with a video shoot, so just wanted to wish you luck. I checked through TSA on my phone and it was really occurring to me just how dependent we are on mobile technology now. And as a coda to that, I was in Mexico a couple months ago and my phone decided to take a swim without me and it didn't come back. And how reliant every step of that travel was, you know, and that was still when we were having to do the QR COVID tests to get back in the country. And had I not been with other people traveling, I really would have been incredibly limited by not having a mobile device to use. And I, I just got back from an international trip. I'm in the Orlando area, and there are several other cities I know around the country that offer this as well. For international travel, you could do biometric boarding where you have used, let's say, the app for your check-in. And then as you get there at the gate, they have integration with the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol database of photographs. And when you go to walk onto your international flight, it's just scanning your face and you're walking right on. Is that true? I, this is something I actually have never heard of. Yeah, I just did this, you know, and it, it dramatically increases that efficiency at the gate. On the, on the flip side, you know, some things that still have to be figured out. So I'm traveling internationally. I was gone for more than a week. I did not change my currency at all. I was in two different countries. I was in, you know, using uh, pounds in, in London, and then I was in some European countries. And because all the payments, particularly in Europe, they are kind of ahead of us for mobile payments. So everywhere you go, nobody wants your cash. Everything is all mobile, which is wonderful. I never had to change currency. I did it all with my phone, you know, getting on and off the tube. It's tap and go. But starts to create some issues if you want to try to tip someone at the hotel. So that, you know, there are some startups I know of that are trying to work on that use case of, okay, how do we still create an opportunity that there can be some tipping? Another topic I'd love to ask your opinion on is, as Jason was kind of doing his New Orleans travel, I was traveling coast to coast from New York to Seattle and back, and I was doing a lot of work. I was doing a lot of video interviews and my flight got canceled. I kind of had this kind of panic moment of like, how am I going to get my work done? I had a lot of editing to do and I had a deadline. And then I kind of looked around me and it was like everybody was working. So I followed suit. I literally put my laptop in a little corner. Hey, Jason. I am currently setting up a little station here at the airport with my editing gear, downloading all my footage. It's been a pretty awesome day of shooting and reporting and now just getting to work in transit and traveling again and using all my devices in real time. Like I have to say, it's been pretty awesome. Also a little overwhelming. There's a lot going on in these airports. I think it's a pretty awesome day for the storytelling tools and ops team, just like back at it. Anyway, have a safe flight. I will text you when I land. This is something that I'm sure we're not the only ones noticing this. And there's got to be companies that are like, how can we make this easier for people to work literally constantly on the go, no matter what? Flights get canceled. Great. We've got a workstation spot for you. Just hook up all your mobile technology, right? Oh, sure. I mean, and there are companies that are starting to offer, you know, like 
rent by the hour spaces and things connected to uh, airports or within airports if people need a little more privacy. And, you know, I was also going to say the whole chatbot piece, that is definitely something that we've seen quite an uptick in. There was a study done by the NYU Tisch Center of Hospitality and and in partnership with a company called Stay in Touch that says chatbot use is expected to increase by 53% in 2022. So over the course of this year. Well, I do think it's interesting that many chatbots that I've interacted with when I'm pretty sure that they are not going to be able to help me with my problem, it takes a lot of effort and a little bit of anger in order to get a representative on the phone. It's a lot of... How can I help you today? Representative. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Representative. You can repeat your request or ask to speak to a representative. Representative. And then maybe some derogatory language as well, <laughs> if necessary. a little And, you know, this also ties into the topic of staffing, which is an issue across so many industries and maybe travel um, more than just about any. So many travel providers are struggling with staffing challenges. And so if they can start to streamline their operations and handle some of their customer service requests through a chatbot, that is part of their solution. There's probably as many examples of great chatbot experiences right now as there are less than great. Let's call them that. I really think that you should always have the option to get to a human. That should sort of be built in. Unfortunately, that's not always built in. Yeah, I'm curious. You're in a unique position where you are an expert about these travel trends, yet you are also someone who is a professional and you travel for work. I assume you are also traveling for personal reasons. How are you using your mobile technology? And is there anything cool that's come about that you found to be helpful as you also are getting back to doing more traveling? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very much of a do it all on my phone. Almost all the airlines that I fly, I have their apps. So there's definitely some interesting ones out there. I will tell you one that we recently covered in Focus Wire that I have not seen in person, but I'm almost tempted to fly to Detroit just to see this in person. This is from Delta Airlines. They have partnered with a company called Misapplied Sciences on what they call their parallel reality experience. Now, Bear with me as I explain this. You're standing in an airport. You're standing in front of one of those big information boards. You're trying to figure out what, where's your flight? What's the gate number? Is it on time? Is it canceled? How do I get to that gate? This technology allows up to 100 people to stand in front of one of these boards and get personalized information on the screen. So like, it's almost like your your information is on blast. I mean, in a good way, but it is kind of funny, right? Me and Shauna look like those, you know, head exploding emojis right yeah. now. So, and again, I have not seen this in person, but the way I understand it is like, Shauna, if you and I are standing in front of it together and we're looking at this same physical board, you would see the words, hi, Shauna, your flight to Seattle or wherever is leaving from gate, blah, 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 you know, it's on time. That's really interesting to hear that that's maybe coming about or being, you know, being tested. I feel like that might be a one-way ticket to the metaverse after this conversation. <laughs> we're showing up. Oh, we can talk about the metaverse. That's another well, one. That's, I mean, just, yeah. I'll do it with you. Just promise me that no one comes up from behind me because still to this day, when I go in the metaverse, if someone comes behind me and the audio is someone speaking behind me, I still get really, really scared. 
You're listening to Mobile Diaries, brought to you by T-Mobile Stories. And today we're talking about our hyper-connected traveler. We've got expert travel techie, Mitra Sorrels from Focuswire here. And coming up, I want to look a little bit more under the rock to think more deeply about what it actually means that we can literally stay connected the whole time we're on vacation. It's handy for sure, but like, is it necessarily always a good thing? But first, Jason has a question I know he's been dying to ask. I know in your back pocket, you do have theory around what you call the super app. And I was wondering if you could walk us through that a little bit because it sounds super. Yeah, the super app concept is really interesting. It it is something, you know, my sense is in the Asia Pacific, people be like, yeah, so what? Super app. They've had them for a while, but it is just starting to gain more interest and traction over here. So the idea is really a comprehensive app that you can use for everything. This would not just be you're able to book your flight and your hotel and your car and your activities, but then maybe you're also ordering food that you're gonna have delivered to your hotel room and you're ordering some medication that you need and you're looking, you know, it's just that idea of a comprehensive travel and lifestyle mobile app. There's a there's a budget carrier in Malaysia called Air Asia that is really leading the way on some of this. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, to be honest, as much as I was saying earlier that I have all the airline apps and several of the hotel, I mean, nope, it, it's a little clunky to be clicking from app to app to app. Um, so this idea of a super app starts to solve some of that. In fact, Uber announced in April that it was going to be adding plane bookings, trains, and hotels to its app in the United Kingdom as sort of a test. And it very much kind of said, this is about our effort to become a solution for seamless travel. Do you think that this is like the solution for an even greater adoption for someone like my grandmother, right? Who I know isn't doing a ton of travel, but even let's say my father, he this would be just a nightmare for him if, if everything was fully digital, everything was fully mobile first. I mean, he'd be lost. Is, is it just like he's just got to be a casualty to this? You know, at some point, like you got to just get with it and the super app is going to just, you know, you know, kick everybody out. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think there's going to be a range. As much as some of this feels like, oh my gosh, it's here and it's now, it's an evolution still, you know? And I think certainly the big travel brands recognize they're not planning to just leave anyone behind. Although I will say, I mean, there were some experiences on my recent trip where you had to do it in the app. You had to. I, I, this is not a surprise to me. You yeah. didn't have an offline option. So that potentially does create some challenges for people that, you know, now on the flip side, just real quickly, a, a positive spin on this is mobile adoption is f- fairly high in some countries ha- that have more socioeconomic challenges. And so it is also potentially a way to level the playing field a little bit. One thing that we often talk about on our podcast is finding balance with our mobile technology. Are there ways that you protect yourself so that you're not so reliant on your phone that if, God forbid, it was stolen or you dropped it and it cracked that you couldn't do the things that you need to do on travel? Or is it just like, well, learn how to have insurance and have a backup phone because there is no balance right now? Are you telling me I should be printing off all my documents before I leave? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, I what is the been... balance? We heard a printer in the background there from your home <laughs> office. Just as an aside, this doesn't directly tie to, let's say, mobile. But interestingly, on this last trip, and now my daughter's getting ready to fly home internationally, um, I did use AirTags in my 
luggage. I thought, you know what? It's not going to keep my luggage from getting lost, but it maybe will give me a little peace of mind to know where it is. Now, interestingly, in my case, it actually, I think, caused more anxiety at times because I was like, why is my bag still in the terminal and I'm about to board the plane and why isn't it, you know? (laughs) But yeah, I think that does come down to personal comfort. Maybe it's not about finding a non-digital option to balance you out, but it's about finding your own solutions and not relying just on the platforms that were being, you know, kind of shown all the time. I think that your t- those uh, tags, those air tags you talk about, I didn't realize this, but I know that Heathrow Airport recently had like a bit of a bag snafu because oh. something went down. And a friend of mine said they had air tags and it was the only way that they were able to find their bags. They were putting them into rooms yeah. and telling people, find it. Yeah. Just find it. And that's the only way. So sometimes maybe the preparation of step to have balance is being like, maybe I should have a backup yeah. version of a digital solution if this one goes down. Yeah, you know, it's it's a challenging time right now. I mean, back to just the reality of today, it is a little bit of a challenging time, but there there's certainly a lot of excitement, I think, people trying to get back out. You are definitely, you know, the expert in this situation here. So any examples of hot new apps coming out, I think people would love to hear. There's a an app that can help you deal with jet lag. You may have heard of it. It's called Time Shifter. In effect, you put in your itinerary and it gives you a plan on how to minimize your jet lag. Um, Now, I have used it. I will say that I think I've come to the conclusion it is ideally suited to a personality that is a rule follower. If you are not a rule follower, it's probably not going to work for you because you got to follow the rules. I I can't go and have 12... 12 beers at the airport in Amsterdam <laughs> and this app still work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't log it, Jason. Yeah. So, the app just doesn't um, but you know, that's a really interesting concept. Um, and they've started to work, I think, with some airlines and things. Um, there's a few apps out there that are starting to try to figure out that connection of travel research and exploration and social media. So for example, hotel booking through Instagram. And these are kind of exclusive discounted hotel deals because they're not publicly shared. And there's also some interesting things happening around road trips. So, you know, that is a trend that we saw really increase, particularly early in the pandemic. Um, So there's one called road travel that is working with car manufacturers to integrate curated audio road trips into car systems. So as you're driving by someplace and it has location data, it can know, hey, you're passing by the Grand Canyon. Right at the next exit. That would have been so helpful for my recent family little road trip. Another one doing that road trip piece is Kevin Costner has an app called Here Here. What does it do? It's road <laughs> trips. It's um, stories tied to your location. Oh, he like narrates it? Yes, narrated by, I think John Lithgow is another one of the narrators. I think there's huh. a few others. Yeah, they just got several million dollars in funding. And um, Oh, he could join me on my travels. I wouldn't <laughs> mind. As you say, it's a, a very pleasant <laughs> travel companion to have. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> Talking about travel companions, you know, be them virtual or Academy Award winning or otherwise, um, <laughs> Are there trends around how people are traveling? Like a couple episodes ago, we interviewed a woman from one of the large dating apps and she had mentioned vacationing, where it was people are going into dating now with sort of different levels of intentionality, but that there was this trend around people kind of taking a leap and because they hadn't been traveling in a while, they just were like, yeah, we'll agree to go on a vacation even though we don't know each other very well. Like their second date, you know. Yeah, given that people are are craving sort of togetherness again, I was just wondering if you saw that people are 
potentially traveling more alone to get away from people or, you know, that they were craving, you know, this connection. Yeah. I mean, when I think of trends related to how people travel, the first thing that comes to my mind is the workation or the, you know, the digital nomads, the bleisure is the term, you know, business and leisure travel combined. Um, That is a huge trend. And off the top of my head, I was going to say it does tend to be more individual, but actually we're, we're seeing a lot of families that are able to travel for extended times because, you know, the parents, one or both can work from anywhere. I'm, I'm going to throw my husband on the bus. When, when we went on our beach vacation, you know, he had some work to do and we had to make sure that the Airbnb we were in had a the strong Wi-Fi so he could work for the extra day that he was supposed to be working. And he didn't go to the beach, so I won't throw him under the bus totally. But yeah, it was very much this leisure, right? Yes. Like he had to travel for work and he had work, but we made it work. And I, that... That sounds to me like the next step, to be honest. Oh, yeah. People who are not going to be digital nomads because it's back in office time, but maybe want to extend their, you know, half a week to a full week or a week to two weeks. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, related to that is the fact that, of course, fewer people tied to a physical location for their work on a regular basis. But companies are seeing that they need to still be able to bring their employees together. Well, I have to say, I really appreciate like you putting in your insights and your expertise and the numbers to it. So thank you so much, Major. Thank you for being here and for discussing this with us. Absolutely. I would just throw out that if you want to kind of stay on top of things, we do have an e-newsletter that goes out every morning. You can go to focuswire.com and subscribe to that. And uh, if you can hear that typing in the background, that's me going to sign up for the newsletter right now. Today, we've been speaking with Mitra Sorrells, editor-in-chief of FocusWire, a leading travel industry publication. This was an interesting episode for us because we did get to do a little bit of feature casting, right? And now we are, for our next episode, going to have T-Mobile's own chief marketing officer, Mike Katz. This is someone who's sitting really in the hot seat of being able to look into a crystal ball and let us know in terms of wireless technology and mobile lifestyle, where we sit today and where we're going to be tomorrow and beyond. All right. Until then, I hope you can get out there, everyone. Use some of the great travel tech information that we've heard about today. Uh, May your sunscreen be oil-free and your batteries be fully charged. See you next time on Mobile Diaries. (laughs) 